Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles, and joining me today is a very special guest, photographer, creator, and all around incredible guy, Austin Mann, the photographer. Thanks so much for joining me. Hey, Stephen. I'm so, so excited to be here. You know, it's so cool. Every year, I look for your photography review of the iPhone. You know, one of the big features that Apple always touts is the camera improvements in their iPhones. And you always go to some far off location and really run the camera through its paces. I looked on your website. It looks like you've been doing it since the iPhone 6. Does that sound about right? Yeah, well, actually, even before that, believe it or not. So um, the first big one that I did was um, the iPhone 6. But my very first iPhone review was 2012. And it was with the iPhone 5. Oh, okay. They had come out with panorama mode that year. Right. And I remember looking at the reviews, and there was no photographers that were reviewing the device, like really looking at what can panorama mode do. It was more just seen kind of as a as a technical capability of, of a smartphone and less as a creative camera. And so I went out and did my own review. Just I stood in line and waited for the iPhone like I always do and got it that day and got on a flight that night and went to Iceland uh, with my good friend Jordan Bellamy. And we created a little video together. And that was the, the beginning. I ended up sending that video over to a friend, uh, Darren Murph, over at Engadget. And they posted it. And that was kind of the beginning of now almost a decade of iPhone camera reviews in the wild. That's amazing. And it's always incredible to hear your perspective. I mean, you are a professional photographer. You're shooting with Hasselblad. Is that how you pronounce it? I mean, you're shooting with like real stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I shoot with the, the whole gamut from old film cameras to iPhone to, yeah, the large, uh, huge megapixel medium format Hasselblads and Sony and everything in between. Yeah. So I, I love to find kind of the strengths of each different tool and find ways to push each one to its max. That's awesome. And you have the new M1 iPad Pro in hand and you got to do an early review of that. And so I want to spend most of our time on that. But I did want to ask you, of course, as with every year, did the review of the iPhone 12 Pro Max, which had some significant camera improvements. Are you still running with that as your daily driver? And what has been your six months experience with that? Yeah, that's a great, good question. So I actually kind of teeter-totter between the 12 Pro and the 12 Pro Max. Hmm. For me, and I've written about this, I really like the smaller, more nimble size of the iPhone 12 Pro in my hand. And I've just never been a big fan of the larger, the larger, uh, the larger iPhones. And so the camera is definitely better, and I, I definitely can see a difference, especially in low light mm -hmm. and some kind of extreme scenarios. But I so often, am 90% of the time, the iPhone 12 Pro is everything that I need. And so the 12 Pro has been my kind of daily use, and I love it. I continue to get out at night and, and experiment with shooting the, the stars, and I'm going to be doing some stuff with that next week, uh, just on a personal project out in the Grand Canyon. It's an amazing camera, and just what the software has done, especially night mode, those types of things, and, and Pro Raw. You know, I'm still learning some of the workflows for how to use night mode and, and Pro Raw and how to make it all integrate well. But now that I've got it mostly dialed in, I'm uh, really enjoying having that kind of the kind of flexibility and the power in post to be able to change my white balance and just do, have a lot more control over the image file as a as a pro raw versus a, a compressed image file. So going to your mobile setup, obviously you are a travel photographer, you go all over the world. And so what was your system pre M1 iPad Pro? Did you actually travel with an iPad Pro or were you a MacBook Pro guy? Like what was your mobile workflow pre M1 iPad Pro? At the core of my mobile 
creative workflow has always been the MacBook Pro. I've used a Mac since I bought my first one as a 13 year old in 1998, the, the very first <laughs> iMac, as soon as I was, it was time to go mobile. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't too many years after the iMac that I started moving around a lot more and, and switched over to the titanium power books. And yeah. those are sweet and <laughs> still grid memories. I had the 12 inch power book, uh, which is still one of my favorites. And, yes. That was my first one. The G4. Oh, such a good machine, such a great form factor. Yes. So yeah, I've always had a laptop at the center. Um, uh, you know, a MacBook Pro at the center of my workflow. And, you know, it still is at the center of my workflow. I've got the 16-inch uh, MacBook Pro. It's got eight terabytes of internal storage. And, I mean, it's just fully spec'd on RAM. And it's just crazy how powerful this thing is. And I still rely on it for a lot of my kind of core digital workflow stuff. But uh, the iPad over the years has really begun to become a lot more critical for me as a as a mobile creative professional and how I, how I use it. You know, the iPad has some superpowers that nothing else does. Things like the pencil and, and just some of the other technologies, the pinch to zoom and, and to inspect an image really quickly and different things like that. There's It's got some unique technology packed into its hardware and software. And I've found, uh, especially over these last two or three years that I've begun to rely on it quite a bit more. It, it's just in general, you know, if you're out in the elements, it's just really well tailored to, you know, a little bit of moisture. It's going to be okay. And, and the <laughs> keyboard is more sealed and the device in general is more sealed and dust and all that type of stuff. And, you know, I may throw my, uh, you know, bag in the back of a Land Cruiser that's bouncing down a dusty road in Africa. <laughs> and I can't even count the number of times that I've, you know, had to open up my laptop and blow out the fans from all the dust that gathered inside of them, you know, and uh, while in a hut in the middle of nowhere trying to get everything going wow. and because it's so hot or whatever. So all that to say, you know, there's some really unique powers that the iPad has from its weather ceiling to a super bright screen that can be viewed outdoors. I really enjoy what the iPad Pro platform does for uh, sharing images. I, hmm. I mentioned this in my write-up. I really love the process of, of capturing and kind of conquering uh, a photograph, uh, coming up with a vision, and then and then figuring out how to technically achieve it. And for me, that's really satisfying. And to be honest, I don't share my work maybe as much as I as I should. My wife has always given me a hard time about letting a lot of uh, my the work I'm most proud of just kind of stay idle on my hard drives or on people's walls that that collect my work, but not getting it out online or even around me. And mm. the iPad is a tool that really fosters sharing. It it, it makes it really easy and natural to share an image and to have a conversation uh, about it. And so I like to pop it off out, out of its case and the keyboard and all that, and then just kind of go full screen. And it's easy and intuitive for anybody to uh, take it in their hand and start uh, enjoying the work and zoom in on it and pass it along and talk about it. And that's, that's another thing I really appreciate the iPad for. And so I always find myself using it for things like that. And, and as I wrote in my most recent post, you know, it's, it is actually the fastest setup I've ever used ever right. for sorting and culling through images. And it's just zero lag, even with other software that has image preview feature, you know, where it, uh, smart previews and things like that. This didn't even take any time to render smart previews. It's just as soon as I import the images, I, I was just flying through them. So yeah, it's a powerful tool and I'm editing more on it now than ever. 
Yeah, that, that's what I was going to ask you about the speed because the M1 is the biggest difference and the display, which we'll talk about in a second. But on this newest version of the iPad Pro, there'll be a link to Austin's review of the M1 iPad Pro in the show notes so listeners can view it there. But you said it was the fastest tool you've ever used for culling and sorting images. And so how did it feel compared to previous versions of iPad Pro you used and your 16-inch specced out MacBook Pro? Is it that much different? Speaking to any photographer, every photographer, knows one of the key parts of your digital workflow is you you ingest your images you you know you import them from your SD card or CF card or CFast or whatever mobile media your camera writes to and then you kind of make your selections and sometimes you're going through a thousand or more images that you're trying to choose your favorites and all that stuff and that that process can be really time consuming and for me I always like it when I'm the limitation not my gear so um, right. if I'm trying to go through and I want to look at a bunch of images real quickly and my computer is kind of lagging and when I hit the arrow key it takes a second to show me the next image for whatever reason that drives me nuts <laughs> I want I just want my gear to be able to keep up with me as fast as I need to go yeah and so I'm always really happy when my gear outperforms what my brain can do sure yeah I mean I think the sitting down and being able to fly through at exactly the pace that I want to whether it's slowly or super fast is just super nice and quickly and kind of intuitively be able to zoom in and check focus just by pinching on the screen. And then, you know, in Lightroom CC, just be able to quickly make some selective adjustments using the Apple Pencil is super nice and really precise. And honestly, it's a very different way of interacting with photographs and interacting with work. And I, I don't think better or worse than, than any other platform, but definitely different. And the, what comes out of the photographs that I create when I'm editing with my iPad are definitely different hmm. than photograph I would a final photograph I would edit on the Mac. You know, I'm gonna be a lot more likely to to use the pencil, which means I'm gonna create, I'm just gonna play around a little bit with that and maybe, you know, draw some, you know, brighten some areas and darken some areas of the pencil or just do different things selectively with the pencil that I might not even think of doing or, you know, gestures that I might not make with a Mac. I might make with my pencil and I always feel like there's a different feel to the work that I edit on my iPad. Interesting. So you actually have Apple's 6K Pro Display XDR that you could pair with a Mac Pro and now some of the other M1 Macs. And so compared to that big Pro Display XDR, how does the new M1 iPad Pro's Liquid Retina XDR screen compare with that big screen? I think in your review, you said you actually think it has a more pop in both saturation and contrast. You've been looking at that Pro Display XDR for a while. Now that you have that iPad in your hand, how does it feel different? The Pro Display XDR is just stunning. It's 32 inches wide. They, I've, it's got the nano etched textured glass, yeah, textured glass surface. Which for me, like I'm in the, a huge fan of matte or anti glare. I I, I don't like editing on shiny glossy screens i just hmm. as long as the power books allowed me to order a matte screen i always did <laughs> right. i don't like seeing my face in my photos you know <laughs> so uh, the pro display xdr is just absolutely stunning it's huge it's non-glossy anti-glare right. and uh, that's the biggest kind of obvious uh differences but then in terms of color rendering and brightness they're both really really bright i did do some kind of comparison side by side I, I didn't lug the uh, the giant 32-inch display out into the sun. 
fun, but sure. indoors they look roughly about the same brightness. Maybe the iPad is a little brighter. It's kind of hard to tell. And then, yeah, it's got probably a little bit more general pop and punch in the contrast and saturation, which, you know, frankly, for editing and as a professional photographer that's printing and I really care about color accuracy, I would rather it be a little bit more neutral. But if I was watching a, a feature-length film or something like that, maybe um, having a little bit more pop would be nice. And I think that my assumption would be that the iPad is a little bit more tailored while still a, a fantastic display. It may be a little bit more tailored towards more all-around usages and consuming feature-length films and things like that. But it, I found it to be very, I found the colors to be very similar in, in, on both of the displays, both very color accurate and just a joy. One of the great joys of creating a photograph that you're really proud of is being able to look at it on, on a display that makes it look great. And that makes the whole creative process just more fun. It allows you to kind of think differently about the work, maybe think in more detail because of the resolution and, and appreciate some of the, the things that you accomplished in creating that photograph in a different way. Yeah. So as you edit and use both macOS and iPad, one of the big questions that people are asking is because it has the M1 now, the same CPU that the iMac, Mac Mini, and MacBook Pro have, why doesn't Apple just put macOS on iPad? And there's been differing opinions on that, but you, as a photographer and your workflow, is that something that you would want? Would you want eventually for Apple to at least give you the option to have macOS on an iPad Pro? I think that Apple is deeply thoughtful about the decisions that they make like that. And I've grown to trust uh, those processes a little bit more than I used to. And hmm. I've never really had a deep desire to have macOS on iPad. And I'm sure that they have very intentional about reasons why they don't. I think the hardware, the power is definitely there to run the Mac OS mm -hmm. from the surface. It sure feels like it. Now that they're sharing a chip, it feels like it even more. But I have a hard time if I really start thinking about the logistics of how that would even work and what the UI UX would look like and some of the other things. I think that there's a place for, for both iPad OS and Mac OS in the world. So some of the things that you had put in your wants section as you review the M1 iPad it has a Thunderbolt 3 port now, and you can use USB 4 slash Thunderbolt 3 with the iPad with various docks and such. But you said, as many creators would love, is an SD card reader. I think we would like it on back on the Mac. Yeah, right. And then also on the iPad Pro, although I, I'm hard-pressed to imagine an iPad Pro with an SD card reader. But I, Me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunately. But how was your experience using like dongles or docks, or how do you do get your SD card stuff onto that new M1 iPad Pro? Yeah, so, I mean, that's one thing that has really improved significantly in the last few years. The last iPad Pro review that I did, I think was, my gosh, was that three years ago? Maybe 2018, I was in Iceland. Probably the 2018, yeah. It was a lot more difficult to, I don't even think I could plug in a USB-C hard drive at the time. Right. I actually can't remember exactly, but. You couldn't when it first came out, and then the iPad OS that came out at WWDC right after that added the feature. Gotcha, okay, that sounds right. So yeah, that, you know, that's a huge deal to be able to plug in external USB USB-C storage, uh, just any reader, and we've come a long way. So the way that my workflow is on iPad Pro, when I'm when I'm using the iPad Pro at the center of my digital workflow, I will, you know, I'll go out and shoot on whatever camera, whether it's a 
Sony or, or the Hasselblad or whatever. And then I have a, a USB-C reader. And in this case, I shot a lot on the Sony. So I have a pro-grade dual SD card uh, reader that uh, is a USB-C and it's super fast. And so I'll plug that into my iPad. I'll dump the files into uh, using the files app on iPad. Hmm. And I do that because I want to easily back up all my data to a second drive. For me, on a daily basis, I dump my cards and then I back them all up in a second spot and then I keep that drive in my pocket or wherever I am separate from, from my Mac or from my iPad. And so, yeah, I'll dump them all in there and then I'll import into Lightroom from files. That's kind of the process. Ideally, like when I use my MacBook Pro, I will plug in my card reader and an external drive at the same time or two external drives and then just and I mirror those two external drives, drive A and drive B, and I'll just dump everything on the to A and then get a redundant copy on B and then I clear all my cards. And that's my usual process. And that that's one of the things I wrote about is that's a there's definitely some hoops to jump through if you are as insane about your data as I am. <laughs> I, go, I go through kind of some extra special measures to make sure that my images get home in good shape. And so that's that's what my process looks like. Did you try a Thunderbolt 3 specifically dock to see if you could do an SD card and hard drive at the same time? The problem with my Thunderbolt 3 dock is that it only has one USB slot on it. And gotcha. I actually had a really hard time. Maybe you can help me with this, but I had a really hard time finding any device that's not powered that has more than one USB-C port on it. That's the unfortunate part because I've been perusing Thunderbolt 3 docks as I get ready for the M1 iPad Pro I have coming soon. Yeah. And they have, you know, there's the OWC Thunderbolt dock, there's the CalDigit, but they are all powered. There's no like bus powered Thunderbolt 3 hub or dock. Once you go to those non-powered versions, it's all just USB-C, not Thunderbolt. And then you're limited on the connectivity there. Yeah. So yeah, the only way to do, I think that double duty is if you have a Thunderbolt 3 powered dock, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, like one of the iPad's greatest strengths is its mobility. And I'm all about playing to my gear's strengths. So I wouldn't even consider a powered dock. Right. You know, I'm just not going to. But actually, while we're doing this, I'm really curious. I have, I just plugged it in my hyperdrive little dock. Yep. And I put an SD card in it. And now I just plugged in my SSD, my two terabyte SSD. And I'm just going to, while we, while we talk here, I'm just going to see if, if they both work. This is a live experiment. <laughs> This is this is all I do on my on my reviews is just hey maybe that would work. Try it. Apple's not super forthright about what all can even work with that port. You know, they say Thunderbolt 3, but there's such a variety of devices. Me who do I do a lot of podcasting, mm-hmm. you can connect an audio interface via USB-C, but your options for managing that is very different on an iPad than it would be on say a Mac. Right. So while the the IO connectivity is there, the use cases differ from Mac OS and iPad OS. Very much so. The interesting thing that I found is that I have a dual SD card reader that you know just has two SD card slots and and it plugs in with one USB C and the the software at least you know there was no problem like I was able to mount both of those SD cards at the same time right you know so it's it's possible to mount two separate devices but I just couldn't make it happen with a with an SD and a and a drive my my live experiment is not working so um, 
<laughs> okay. I, can, I can now answer your question that I have found that that does not work either. Does not work. Okay. Going back to what I said earlier, I think that having an SD card reader or a, like a CF Express reader or both would be super nice. But I also don't really see that in the cards. I don't think you know. It seems un- right. it seems kind of unlikely. And again, it's like those are intentional decisions that have been made. I think the number one thing that I reach for to plug into my iPad other than the charger is the SD card reader, which is why I mentioned it. I also do that on my Mac and it's not like it's lots of hoops to jump through. I just plug in my SD card reader like I would a hard drive or anything else and it it works pretty well and it's blazing fast. I think it could just simplify it if it was a little bit more integrated. For sure. Well, as a final question, a lot of people are saying that with this new M1 iPad Pro that surely there'll be some big announcement at WWDC about the software or new features or something coming to the iPad. So you as a photographer and mobile creator, what's something, maybe one thing, maybe a couple things that you hope Apple brings in the next version of iPad OS to maybe make your workflow easier or those features that you would like to see? Well, you know, as I as I wrote in my in my review, I I feel that for me, I, I would love to be able to plug in more than one device and be able to kind of handle my my data redundancy workflow easily on iPad Pro. It's possible right now, but it's just a little bit uh, difficult. Yeah. And so that's definitely one thing that at the top of my list. And then I, I also mentioned this in my review. Like I, I I shoot a lot of panoramas. That's one thing I I can't do easily inside of the Adobe Suite at least right now. I think maybe Affinity is able to do that on iPad, and I think there's some other tools. But my core workflow revolves around Apple and Adobe. Yeah, I kind of stay inside of that zone. Part of reviewing in the field is to make sure that you got the shot. And if you're shooting panoramas, you really need to stitch them to make sure you know it's all there and that they they fit right and that looks right and you don't need to make any technical adjustments and that type of stuff and so it'd be really nice to be able to put some some uh panos together and then uh gosh i don't know i don't know what else what else what about you what do you wish for Oh, well, as an audio guy, I would love to see more granular controls. So if I connect an audio interface that I could choose a different output than an input or be able to, you know, make a Skype call and record at the same time in the multitasking view and just multitasking improvements overall. Like you were saying, be able to background import photos to Lightroom Mm -hmm. and go do something else on the iPad because it's Mm -hmm. plenty powerful enough. And that's just totally a software thing. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Were you an Aperture user back in the day? I did. I actually, I was just talking to my mentor, Paul Bowen, a uh, fantastic photographer and and mentor, and he actually still has a Mac that he runs Aperture on because he likes <laughs> how it makes books. Yes, exactly. There's like specific features in there about uh, uh, for its book making stuff that isn't in photos, and he can't find anywhere else. And so, yeah, I yes. I like I appreciate Aperture for what it was. And same here. Yeah, I used to make family photo books, and that ended when Aperture died. Yeah, <laughs> so. right. Like, yeah, it's kind of sad, which you can do in photos now, but it's just, I don't think quite the same. It's not. And they they definitely took away some tools and never brought them back for some reason. So yeah, maybe, maybe one day, maybe one day. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can people go? Obviously, austinman.com. We'll put that website in show notes. Do you have any upcoming projects or anything that you'd like people to check out and see what you're doing? Um, Yeah, there's a few things that are, that are cooking right now. You can usually stay up to date with that stuff. Like you said, on my website. Austin Man with two N's.com. And then my Instagram is also 
just my name, Austin Mann, M-A-N-N. Yeah, I'd be out shooting at the Grand Canyon, the Blood Moon coming up on May 26th. Really looking forward to that. And yeah, just uh, you can keep up with me on my Instagram. Very cool. Well, thanks so much, Austin. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks a bunch, Stephen. Don't forget, you can now support the show at patreon.com slash Apple Insider and get an ad-free feed with all our episodes. And if you haven't yet, we would greatly appreciate a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. That'll also really help out the show. Don't forget to check out HomeKit Insider that comes out every Monday where we talk about the latest smart home and HomeKit news and devices. And the Apple Insider Daily Podcast. Get the top Apple headlines in just a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time.